We begin a new Masechta today, Masechta Beitze, or as it's referred to, Masechta Beye, or in the Rishayinim actually, many Rishayinim, it's referred to as Masechta Yantif, because that's the subject of this Masechta. It discusses all the details of Hilchas Yantif, which in many ways is similar to Shabbos, where you have the, the Isser Malacha and the Lamites Malachis, but in other ways, it has a lot of its own rules. The basic and general difference between Shabbos and Yontiv is the fact that any malacha that you're doing for the purpose of preparing food is muta. So that's a subject which will be discussed in the Masechta, exactly what falls into that category, what doesn't. And also, the subject of Muktzeh is a huge subject in this Masechta. It's, it starts, uh, the Gemara right in the beginning of the Masechta, starts with the Indian of Muktzeh. And the, throughout the Masechta, the, the famous Machloikis of Rab Shimon and Rab Yehuda that we learned in Masechta Shabbos many, many times. Rab Shimon holds that there's no Muktzeh in many cases, or maybe even in most cases. And Rab Yehuda does hold of Muktzeh. That Machloikis comes up in this Masechta as well, as we'll see. Zag the Mishnah. Beitzeh biyamtif, An egg that's born on Yantif. So Beishamay Yomrim, Beishamay say Toichal. You're allowed to eat this egg. Basil says an egg that's laid on Yantif, you cannot eat it. And this, this will be the discussion in the Gemara. Many Pshatim here in the Gemara about this. What is this based on? What's their machlaikis about? Will be explained. Now, because this is a machlaikis, which is unique because Basilil is the one that's stringent and Basham is the one that's lenient, even though usually it's the opposite. So the Mishnah brings another few machlaikis that are also related to a Yantif. And also, Beishamah is the one that's lenient. Beishamah yoimrim, Beishamah says, Se'oyer bekezayis. On Pesach, when you're not allowed to have the Se'oyer and Chometz in your house, so Se'oyer, which is the sourdough, when it's mamish, like it's very, it's, it's with Chometz to a very strong extent, that's like a leavening agent that you make other things Chometz with it. So that, the shear of how much you're not allowed to have is a kezayis. The Chometz bekezayis. Chometz, the shear is larger, like the size of a date. And the Gemara will bring the Psukim, why he holds that it's two different Shiyurim. Both the Se'ayr and the Chometz have the same Shir, the size of an olive of a Kezayis. A third Machlaikis, If someone is shechting a Chaye or a bird on Yantif, which requires the Kisi Adam to cover the blood. That on Yantif you're allowed to take a shovel. And dig with it and cover the blood. Basil will say, Lo you should not shecht on Yantif. Unless you have the earth available from before Yantif to be able to cover it. So that's, Dogmar uh, again will also explain what the Pshat of this Machloikis is. Basil will agree, once you did shecht already, so then, that you could uh, sh- take a shovel and, and dig and take the earth to cover what you shechted. So, but the Yavad, it could be done. Another thing the Mishnah says, and also, if you want to use from the ashes that there is by an oven, so that's considered to be prepared for this, to use it, to be able to cover the, the shechita, the blood of the shechita, and therefore, according to Basil, that could be used also on Yantuf. The first machlekes of the Mishnah regarding a beitzah shenel de biyamtif. What kind of a chicken are we talking about? 
Are we talking about a tarnagailis, a chicken that's set aside for fashachting it and for eating it? And that uh, chicken laid an egg on Yontif. If so, the question is, why would Basilil say that you can't eat this egg that was laid on Yontif? This chicken itself was already food that was designated to be used on Yontif. And the egg that comes out of this chicken is food that got separated. The word ifris means separated. It got separated from food. In other words, there's no issue of muktza. This is a chicken that you're a lot of shecht on yontif. It was designated for eating on yontif, so there's no issue of muktza. And now the egg is food that's coming from the food. So it's, it's part of the same <coughs> entity. So, so why shouldn't you be allowed to eat this egg that was laid on yontif? Hello. So then what are we speaking about? This is the Tarnagoylis that you have being used for laying eggs. But the Tarnagoylis itself, the chicken itself, you're not eating on Yantif. So therefore it's Muktze. In your mind, you're not planning on shechting it and eating it on Yantif. So if so, if this chicken is Muktze, so the Mai Tamayu the Beishamai. So what's the reason of Beishamai that says that you're allowed to eat this egg that was laid on Yantif? It's coming from the chicken, which is Muktze. So Muktze, the, the egg is also Muktze. So that's the question here. Either the chicken is mukta and the egg is mukta, or the chicken is food and the egg is just food that's coming from this food, so it's not mukta. So the Gemara says, Dilme Beishamai less Luhumukta. Maybe Beishamai does not agree to the whole issue of mukta. That's the basis of Beishamai's opinion. He holds that mukta is not an issue. As the opinion of Rav Shimon is, that uh, as Rashi here brings, Rav Shimon does not hold to the concept of Mokta. The example that Rashi brings from the Gemara and Shabbos is if you have a, a, a candle or you have uh, oil that was burning on Shabbos and then it went out and you have the leftover oil, according to Rav Shimon, you're allowed to use the leftover oil for, 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 you, for yourself on Shabbos. Even though when Shabbos came in, it was already designated to burn for the candle and you weren't able to use it, so it was Mokta, but Rav Shimon doesn't hold it Mokta. Shimon says you can use it. So the same thing over here, maybe Beishamai holds out like Rab Shimon that there is no Mukta. So what's the question, We know about this opinion of Rab Shimon. So it's simple. Beishamai does not hold of Mukta. So the Gemara explains why this question was asked. Because Kasol Kedaitan, the one that asked this question, his opinion was that Afilamandashari be Mukta, even the one, which is Rab Shimon, that says that Mukta is allowed, but Benoilad Aser. When it comes to Noilad, which is something that's born, that comes into existence today on Shabbos or on Yontif, even that opinion that doesn't hold of Muktza says that Neilad will be Yasser. Because Neilad is much worse than just a case of Muktza. Muktza is something that exists, it's here. Elamai, the word Muktza means that you put it aside. When Shabbos came in, you weren't planning on using it. And there's various different levels of Muktza, different scenarios of Muktza. It's something you don't want to use on Shabbos because of Chesar and Kes, or because of Mios, or because of Isser, all kinds of reasons why you decided not to use it. But Papayal, it's something that's here, that exists when Shabbos came in. So then you could say that Shimon holds that even something that usually a person doesn't plan on using, but it exists, and therefore we say that in his mind, when he wants to use it in a Shabbos, he intended to use it. So there's no Muktza according to Rab Shimon. But Neilad, Neilad is something that just came to existence right now. So even the opinion that doesn't hold the Muktza says that Neilad is still Asr. And therefore he asked the question, What's the reason of Beshami that says that you can eat this egg? This egg is Neilad. It's a much stronger level of Muktza if it was just born today. So Amar Rav Nachman, so on this, Rav Nachman answered and said, that 
We're talking over here about a chicken that was set aside to lay eggs. And therefore this chicken is muktzah. You're not going to be using it to eat in yontif. Or the islay muktzah. Now the one that holds that there's an issue with muktzah, islay noilad. Also holds that there's an issue with something that's born on yontif, because that's muktzah. Or the leslay muktzah. Someone, the opinion, which is Rab Shimin, that does not hold of the subject of Muktzeh, Lesnei Neilat. He also doesn't hold of the issue of Neilat. Rab Shimin does not hold of Muktzeh, even in a case that it's a new entity that comes into being on Yantif, on Shabbos. So therefore there's no, there's no Muktzeh Bechlal. So that's the basis of Rab Shimin, of, of Beis Shammai's opinion. So Beis Shammai Kirab Shimin, so that means that Beis Shammai follows Rab Shimin's opinion that there's no Muktzeh, or Beis Shammai Kirab Yehuda. And Hillel follows Rabbi Yehuda's opinion that says that there is an issue with, with Moktza. That's their machloikis over here. The same machloikis is Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda regarding Moktza. Yeah, correct. So the Gemara is explaining. The one that asked the question held that there's a svara to distinguish between Neulet and Moktza. But Rav Nachman says from this Mishnah we see that there's no distinction. If you hold the Moktza, you hold the Neulet. If you don't, then you don't. We're quoting here an answer of Rav Nachman. But is this what Rav Nachman said regarding the opinions of Bishameh and Bishilol? But Vatnan, we learned in another Mishnah in Shabbos also regarding Muktzeh, a machloikis between Bishameh and Bishilol regarding Muktzeh. Bishameh say, you have your meal, you're eating on Shabbos, and you finish your meal, and now you have the leftovers on the table. You have bones and peels. So what do you do? It's Muktzeh. How do you take it off the table? So Bishamai say, You're allowed to pick up the bones and the, and the peels from the table and remove it from the table. In other words, Bishamai says there's no issue of Muktzah. You're going to have to pick up the whole board of the table that the things are on and that's how you remove it. You shake it off. You can't touch the peels or the bones itself because it's Muktzah. You have to pick up the whole tavla. As the, uh, the Mepharshim explained, that the Taisus here actually says, usually there's a concept called Vasus Ledavara Asa, that it's a base for the peels and the, and the bones, which is a Davara Asa, so the whole base becomes Mokti, you can't pick it up and shake it off. Elamai, the answer is, there's a few answers. Taisus says over here that over here it was a Vasus for a Davara Asa and Mutter, because the table, Chatchila, had food on it. So it's not, it's not just a Vasus, it's not just a base for a Davara Asa. So what do we see over here? The Peshamai in the, in the Girsid that we have in the Mishnah, Peshamai is the one that does not hold of Muktzeh, and Basil does hold of Muktzeh. But then on this, Va'amar Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman came and reversed the opinions. Anu ein lanu, we hold the opposite. Ela Peshamai kirab Yehuda. Peshamai holds like Rav Yehuda that says that there is Muktzeh, so you're going to have to take off the whole board and shake it off. Or Basil kirab Shemin. Basil is the one that held like Rav Shemin that there's no Muktzeh. So right over here you see that Rav Nachman changed the gears in that Mishnah to say that Beishamah is like Rabbi Yehuda and Beishil is like Rab Shimon. So how is Rav Nachman saying regarding our Mishnah that Beishamah holds like Rab Shimon that there's no Muktzah and Beishil holds like Rabbi Yehuda that there is Muktzah? Amalach Rav Nachman, so Rav Nachman, huh? Now Rav Shimon always holds us no Muktzah. So that's in the Mishnah. But Rav Nachman changes the gears. Ano ein lano. Rav Nachman comes and switches the whole gears and says that over there, it's Beishil the one that holds that there's no Muktzah. And in our Mishnah, Rav Nachman is explaining that it's Beishil that holds that it is Muktzah. And therefore you can't eat the egg that was laid on Yantif. So Amulav Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman explains, Gabe Shabbos, when it comes to Shabbos, the Sassam Lantanik Rav Shimon, since there's a Stam Mishnah that's like Rav Shimon, 
So what's that Stam Mishnah? So the Gemara brings it. The Tznan, we learned the Mishnah in Mesech the Shabbos. Mechatchen es adluin, lefnea beheime. You can cut dluin, which is a pumpkin or maybe so whatever kind of vegetable it is. You can cut it in front of the animal on, uh, on Shabbos. So Rashi over here says, even though it's a tirche, so a tirche that uh, extra exertion without any need is not allowed on Shabbos, but this is allowed. Taisva says that the issue of cutting the diluin might have been that you're taking a hard piece of vegetable that's not edible, and when you cut it down to size and pieces, you're making it fit for being used, to being eaten by the animals. So still it's allowed to be done. And that's an And also the nevela, and what are we talking about? So we're talking about the nevela, as Rashi says, that became a nevela on Shabbos. It was an animal that was alive when Shabbos came in. So this is Bakhlal, a rule that you always have to remember regarding Muktzah. The status of every object, whether it's Muktzah or not a Shabbos, goes according to the time when Shabbos comes in, at Bein Hashemoshes of Shabbos. So we're talking here about an animal that when Shabbos came in, it was alive. So it, wasn't, it was Muktzah. It wasn't fit to be used for, for dogs to eat. Right? So then what happened? It died on Shabbos. So now it became fit to be used on Shabbos, but it was Muktzah from when Shabbos came in. So what does that Mishnah say? That you're allowed to give this Nevele, even though it became a Nevele on Shabbos, to the dogs to eat. So there, there's a Stam Mishnah, like the opinion of Rab Shimon, that there's no Muktzah. So because regarding Shabbos, Rabbeinu HaKadosh, when he wrote the Mishnayis, he wrote a Stam Mishnah like Rab Shimon, so therefore, Moikim Lola Shimon. So over there, Rav Nachman said regarding Shabbos, that Beis Hillel is, follows Rav Shimon's opinion. That on, regarding Shabbos, Beis Hillel holds like Rav Shimon, that there's no Muktzah. Ah, Volgabe Yomtev, but when it comes to Yomtev, we saw some Lontanek, Rabbi Yehuda, over here, Rabbeinu HaKadosh, when he wrote the Mishnayis, so this is later in this Masechta. So over here, there's a Stam Mishnah, like Rabbi Yehuda, that there is Muktzah, that none, because we learned later in a Mishnah, Ein mevakim eitzim in HaKadosh, you can't take wood, pieces of planks of wood, or pieces of wood that are there in a pile, that are going to be used for building, you can't take from there and break wood for your fireplace. And or beams of wood that was in your house and it broke. So you can't take it beyond to use for the firewood. Why not? Because that's muktzah. It was designated for building or as part of the house, a beam. So therefore it's muktzah. So over here, there's a Stam Mishnah that's saying that there's an issue of muktzah on Yantif, like Rabbi Yehuda. So over here, Moikim Lola Basil, Rabbi Yehuda. So therefore over here he says that regarding Yantif, Basil holds like Rabbi Yehuda. That there is an issue of Muktzah. So there's a distinction between Shabbos and Yomtiv. On Shabbos we're makel like Rab Shimon, that there's no Muktzah. On Yomtiv, where there's a Stam mission like Rabbi Yehuda, so over here Rav Nachman says like Rabbi Yehuda, that there is an issue of Muktzah. So the Gemara explains, Mechdi, let's see, man sasme lemasnisen. So who is the one that made the Stam Mishnah over here like Beis Hillel and over here, I'm sorry, over here like Rabbi Yehuda regarding Yontif and in Masech Shabbos like Rabbi Shimon. Who is this? Rabbi. Rabbi is the one that did so. So what's the difference? Ma'i shno b'Shabbos the sasam long k'Rab Shimon. Why regarding Shabbos is the Stam Mishnah like Rabbi Shimon that there's no Muktzah? Or ma'i shno b'Yomtiv the sasam long k'Rab Yehuda? And why when it comes to Yomtiv is there a Stam Mishnah like Rabbi Yehuda that there is Muktzah? What's the difference? You would think that the reverse should be true. That on Shabbos you should be more machmer. So the Gemara says, Amri, it was said, they explained, Shabbos the Chamira, Shabbos which is more stringent, people are not going to come to be so lax regarding the Isra on Shabbos. So so therefore, Rabbi says that we followed up Shimon the Mekel. That's more lenient and there's no Muktzah. Because people are more careful with Shabbos. 
Yomtev the kill, Yomtev where the Isra of Molacha of Yomtev is not as strong as Shabbos. And therefore in the eyes of people it's more lenient. So therefore Vasil is Zuzuli people may come to be Mizalzal in the Isra of Yomtev. So therefore Sasalan Krabiyudu the Machmer. So therefore we follow Rabbi Yehuda that's more stringent and there is Muktza on Yantiv. So that's the Svara. Other Rabbi, because Yantiv is more cooler, you have to have more of, a, more of a siyog, more of a guard to make sure that people are not going to be lenient too much and be mezalzal in the Isra of Yantiv. So that's the Pshat in our Mishnah. So this is Rav Nachman's Pshat that Rabbi Shammai follows Rabbi Shimon over here and Rabbi follows Rabbi Yehuda. So what did you, what did Rav Nachman say? What's the Pshat in our Mishnah? We're talking over here about a chicken that was set aside to, to lay eggs and it's Muktzah. The, the chicken itself is really Muktzah. It wasn't set aside to be used to eat, to shecht. And the issue over here is Muktzah. And that's why when the egg is laid, it's Muktzah, according to Bishamai. If that's the case, now that they're arguing about the egg that was laid on, on Yontif, let them argue about the chicken itself. The chicken itself that was set aside to be used to, to lay eggs, are you allowed to change your mind and decide to go ahead and shecht it or not? Is there an issue of muktza or not? Answers the Gemara, the Mishnah is saying the case when the egg was laid on Yantif to show you how far Beishamai's opinion goes. The Benoilat Shari, that not only the chicken that existed, that's here, when, Shabbos, when Yantif came in, that there's no issue of Moktza, but even the egg that was born today, just came into the world today, still Beishamai says there's no Moktza. So it's coming to show you how far Beishamai's opinion goes. Maybe show me how far Big Hill opinion goes. Why don't we have the Machlaikis regarding the chicken itself? To show me how far Big Hill opinions go. That when it comes to Mukta, they'd say that it's Asr, not only the egg that was laid and was born on Yontav, but even the chicken itself that was here before, but because it was designated for laying eggs, it's still going to be Asr. So instead of showing me the power of Bishami's opinion, show me how far Bishil's opinion goes. Now if you're going to come and answer, and this is an answer the Gemara gives many times, if we're looking to show the extent of an opinion, the Kayach of the opinion that's lenient and is matter is much more powerful. As Rashi explains, the Pshad on this Klal, to come and Aser is not so hard. You can always be Machmer. But to come and be mater, you have to be sure that your heter is, is right. So therefore the kayach of being mater is more powerful. So therefore the Mishnah wants to show me how far the heter of Beis Shammai goes. But still that doesn't answer the original question here. Why isn't the Mishnah saying this machloikis of Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel regarding both cases, regarding the chicken and the egg? And it should say it as follows. A chicken that's designated for laying eggs. He ubeitsasa the chicken and the egg. Beishamai yemrim toichal. Beishamai says there's no muktza whatsoever, not for the chicken and not for the egg, so you can eat it. Or beisilul yemrim loy toichal. Beisilul says there is muktza, saying so you should not eat it. So, so according to Rav Nachman's opinion, it should say the machloek is both regarding the chicken and the egg. So therefore, Elo Marabe Sarabe comes up and says there's a different, completely different chat in the machloekis of Beishamai and beisilul in the Mishnah. The truth is, what's the case of the Mishnah? We're talking about a chicken that was designated for eating. So there is no issue of muktza over here. That's not the basis of the Machloikis Bechlal. What are they arguing about? 
Their machloikis is regarding yontif that comes out a day after Shabbos. And what's the issue if it's yontif a day after Shabbos? There's the issue of preparing from Shabbos to yontif. That's the problem here. And Rabbah holds as follows. Any egg that's laid today, that means that the egg was already prepared and ready to come out from yesterday. And therefore, the egg that's laid on Yontif, if Erev Yontif was Shabbos, Yontif was on a Sunday, and if Erev Yontif was Shabbos, this egg was prepared on Shabbos. And therefore, there's an issue with that. Shabbos cannot prepare for Yontif according to Rabbah's opinion. The Rabbah follows his opinion that he said, Oh, my Rabbah, Rabbah explains, my what is the meaning of this that it says by the month? And it's going to be on a Friday. And you're going to prepare, you have the month that you bring for Shabbos. What you learn from this Pasuk is, A weekday, could prepare for the Shabbos, v'choyel meichen l'yomtif, and a weekday you prepare for yomtif, but v'ein yomtif meichen l'shabbos, on a yomtif you're not allowed to prepare for Shabbos, and v'ein Shabbos meichen l'yomtif, and a Shabbos is not allowed to prepare for yomtif. That's Rabbi's opinion. Right, so in other words, even though in that Pasuk by the Mon, it's talking specifically about Shabbos, but every Yomtev is also called Shabbos, as Rashi here says, Yomtev Nami Kari Shabbos. And therefore, the Suda of Shabbos and the Suda of Yomtev that has a certain Cheshivis and you prepare for it, that's a Suda that the Pasuk says that you can't prepare from Yomtev before. Or on Shabbos, you can't prepare from the Yomtev before. It has to be prepared during the week. This is specifically a unique opinion of Rabbah. We don't paskin like Rabbah in this, really. But uh, Rashi of here explains that the basis of Rabbah's opinion actually is that he holds that Mukta is the Isim and Usually, in the Gemara, Mukta is always brought as the Isim and Rabbanon. Rabbah holds Mukta is the Isim and And where do you see that in this Pasuk? Anything that's not prepared, designated to use on Yontif or Shabbos is going to be Aser. If you separated your mind from it, it's what, there was no Hachana, you didn't prepare it. So this is the source of Muktzeh. So therefore, Rabbi says, since there's an issue of Muktzeh and, you, and, and there you have to prepare it, especially for Shabbos, so preparing it is a significant thing. That's going to make it right to be used on Shabbos. And therefore the Pasuk here is saying, when should it be prepared? On a weekday. Not on Shabbos and not on Yontif to prepare for the Shabbos that follows or for the Yontif that follows. What? So this is explaining Beis Hillel's opinion, right? So Rashi here explains, very good, another important point. Rashi explains the Chiddush here and what Rabbi is saying is, simply you would think that this issue of preparing from a Yontif to a Shabbos or from a Shabbos to Yontif is only if the person is preparing it. Over here we're talking about an egg that was being prepared on Shabbos for the following Yontif. Who prepared that egg on Shabbos? The Eibishter. Mulmailo, Minashamayim, it was prepared on Shabbos for Yomtev. Who says it's an issue then? The Chiddush of Rabbah, as Rashi explains, is that even something that's made Minashamayim, that's prepared on Shabbos for the day that follows, is also an issue. That it was prepared on Shabbos for Yomtev. And Rashi says, because there's another Pasuk by the Mandir that it says, which says that a person has to prepare 
from uh, the weekday to Shabbos, from a weekday to Yom Tov. So this is a second Pasuk, when it says, What's this second Pasuk saying? That it's not only regarding preparing B'yadayim, but you have to be mazmanet B'dibur. You have to say that I'm being mazmanet B'dibur, that it should be for Yom Tov. And therefore, just like you see, that even if you're not doing any action, you have to be mazmanet B'dibur. I also say that if Menashamayim, it was prepared on Shabbos for Yom Tif, it's an issue as well. That's an issue of Achana that was prepared yesterday on a Shabbos. That's the source of this issue. Taisus of here points out that L'chaira, according to Rabbah, there should be no hetar of Eid of Tavshilin. Because there's an Isim in Atayra to prepare from Yom Tif to Shabbos. Eid of Tavshilin cannot be, cannot be Matara, Isim in Atayra. So how are you going to have the concept of Eid of Tavshilin according to Rabbah? And Taisus' answer is because even according to Rabbah, if you're preparing something on Shabbos, and it was for the purpose of Shabbos, on Yontif that is, if you're preparing it on Yontif, and it was for the purpose of Yontif itself, like the Gemara later says, because if guests show up, if guests shows up, you're going to use it for the guests, so therefore then the leftovers could be used for the following Shabbos. So according to Rabbi, if you prepare it early enough in the day, so therefore it's for the guests, so Rabbi will agree that there's no Islam and Atayr, and that's why Eid of Tavshilin helps. Okay, so that, that's the Taisis Bavarans regarding Eid of Tavshilin. Right, it has to be cooked and prepared early enough in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's the basis of what the Mishnah was talking about. So according to this, it comes out that what's really the basis of the Machlokes of Beshama and Basil. So according to some of Farshim, they say the Pshad of the Machlokes is this Chiddush of Rabbah, that even a Hachanim and a Shamayim is an issue. So Basil says, yeah, the Hachanim and a Shamayim of, of, Yon, of Shabbos to Yontav is an issue. And Beishamai says, even if Achana is an issue, but that's only if a person prepares it. Not Achana and Hashemayim, like an egg that was prepared on Shabbos and it was laid on the Yom Tif. says, if so, Yom Tif Baal Metishtiri. So a regular Yom Tif that doesn't follow a day after Shabbos should be allowed. Right? And his question is, in the Mishnah, it doesn't say we're talking about a Yom Tif that followed after Shabbos. You're telling me that the issue over here is the Yom Tif that comes after Shabbos. But in the Mishnah it says, Tam, Beit Zashanel de Yom Tif. Answers the Gemara on a regular Yom Tov there's a Gzayda. Gzayda mishum Yom Tov Acha Shabbos. The Gzayda is because of a Yom Tov that comes after Shabbos. And then there's an issue. So therefore they made a Gzayda for every Yom Tov not to, to use the egg. Frek the Gemara, Shabbos the Alme Tishtiri. On a regular Shabbos. When an egg is laid on Shabbos it should be, it should be allowed. On a Shabbos, there should only be an issue if there was a day of Yom Tif before and the Yom Tif prepared for the Shabbos. So again, the Gemara says, Gzayda mishum Shabbos, acha Yom Tif. Then there's a Gzayda because of Shabbos that comes after Yom Tif. Therefore they said, an egg that's born on Shabbos or on Yom Tif, it's Aser. Because they don't want you to ever use an egg that was prepared the day before in case it would be a Shabbos the day before or a Yom Tif the day before. Frek, the Gemara, Barumiga, Zrinon. So do, do, we, do we make such a kind of exeda? Do we say that because there's a case that it would be also we make such a kind of exeda? But Vatanya, we learned in Abraise, Hashaychet Esatarnagailis, a person that shechts a chicken on Yontif. Right? You're allowed to shech, you can prepare the food on Yontif. Umatzaba Beitzen Gemurais. You find in the, the, the chicken ready eggs prepared. Mutarais laachlam be Yontif. You're allowed to eat them on Yontif. Even though. Those eggs were prepared from yesterday. If it's true, if it's true that we make a gzeda, 
because uh, on, on a regular Yom Tov, because it might be a day where there's Shabbos before, and you're going to come to confuse them. So over here you should also make the Gzeda. When there's a Beitzah, Shanel the Yom Tov, there should be a Gzeda, because of the case where the, again, when there's a Beitzah that's found inside the chicken, when you shechted it, why don't we ask for that, because of a Gzeda in a case where there's going to be a Beitzah, Shanel the Yom Tov. Just like we make a gzeda on a regular Shabbos, on a regular Yontif, because there could be a Yontif and a Shabbos that follows after a Yontif or a Shabbos the day before, why don't we make the gzeda over here regarding this chicken that you shechted and there was an egg inside. When you shecht a chicken and there's an egg inside the chicken, there is no issue of achana. Over here, the chicken is part of the egg inside the chicken. When you shechted it, you can eat the entire chicken, you can eat the egg, there's no issue of achana. The issue of achana is when it's nailad, when it's born. Right, but the Gemara is still asking, there should be a gzeda. Just like you said, there's a gzeda on a regular yontav and a regular Shabbos. So he answered him, Beitzim gemurais b'mei iman, to shech the chicken and to find full eggs inside. Milsud le'shchichi, that's very uncommon. Milsud le'shchichi le'gazru be'rabbanon. We have a rule, anything that's not shchiach, the rabbanon don't make a gzeda. So in that case, there's no gzeda. But for a Yom Tov to fall out a day after Shabbos, or a Shabbos to fall out a day after Yom Tov, that's something that's pretty common. So for that, Chachamah made a for every Shabbos and every Yom Tov, that you're not allowed to eat the egg that's nailed on the Yom Tov. Okay, so this is Rabbis Pshat in the Mishnah. There's a Machlaikis here, based on the concept of Achana, that Rabbah was Machadish, that you can't prepare for a Shabbos or a Yom Tov from the day before, unless it's a weekday. Rav Yosef Ahmad, Rav Yosef has a third Pshat in the Mishnah. Gzeda, the reason why Beishamai says you're not allowed to use the egg that was laid on Yontif. There's a Gzeda here, Mishum Peres Hanoshrin, because of fruits that fall from a tree. Fruits that fall from a tree are not allowed to be used. If you're not allowed to use an egg that was laid on Yontif, you might come to compare the two and say, oh, if I can use an egg, I could also use the fruits that fell from a tree. So the Gemara now explains the source of that concept. So Abai asked Rav Yosef the question, what's the reason why fruits that fall from a tree on Yontif, you're not allowed to eat them? Pay this nation time and my, the reason for fruits that fall from a tree, what's the reason you're not allowed to use them? Because if you would be allowed to eat those fruits, we're concerned that a person might just go up on Yontif and rip the fruits off the tree. And that, that's a malacha, that's like Rashi says there, it's kaitzer, that's a malacha menatayra that you're not allowed to do on Shabbos. If so, the question is, he gufa gzeda, this itself, that you're not allowed to eat these fruits, is a gzeda because you might come and tear the fruits off the tree. We're going to make a secondary gzeda, not to eat the eggs that were laid on, on, on yontif, because you might come to eat the fruits that fell from a tree, and that itself is a gzeda. We never make a gzeda for a gzeda. Answers the Gemara, kula chode gzeda hi. It was all instituted at the same time. It was all made as one gzeda, not to eat the fruits that fall from the tree and not to eat the eggs that are laid on Yontif in order not to come to eat and to, to tear off the fruits from the tree itself. So this is Rav Yosef's chat in the Mishnah, that it's a gzeda because of Pedis HaNashin. It's a long thesis of here, as you see. Just one, one point of this thesis, thesis asks the question, on Yontif, why aren't you allowed to take off fruits from the tree? Don't we know any malacha on Yontif, that's Eichel Nefesh, you're allowed to take you're allowed to do on Yantiv. So why not take off the fruits from the tree? Just like for example, Shita is Mutan Yantiv. So Taisus brings a Yerushalmi that says at the end of the Taisus, uh, Yerushalmi says, Ach Nefesh. And then it says, So from that we learn out that the heter of Eichel Nefesh to prepare to, to be able to eat on Yantiv, it's only those uh, uh that you do when you prepare matzah which is starting from Lisha, 
from kneading the, 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 the water, the flour, the, the dough, kneading the dough, only from there forward are Avedas that are allowed to be done on Yonta for Eichel Nefesh. But Kaitzer, cutting the fruits off the tree, even though it's for the purpose of Eichel Nefesh, it's not allowed. That's the Taisa's explanation here. Rav Yitzchak Rav Yitzchak has a similar pshat to Rav Yosef. Gzeire mishumashken shezovu. The gzeire, why you're not allowed to use the eggs that were laid on Yontif, is because it's similar to mashken, to, to, to juice that oozes out from fruits. The halach is, fruit, the, the juice that oozes out from any fruits on Shabbos and Yontif, you're not allowed to drink it. So not to confuse that with the heter of eating an egg, they asked it also not to eat an egg that comes out from the chicken. So Abai asks a similar question. When you have juice that oozes out from a fruit on its own, what would be, why are you not allowed to use that on Shabbos or Yontif? What's the reason it's not allowed? It's exeda that you might come to squeeze it out. So if so, he gufe gzeda. So not to drink that that juice that oozed out itself is gzeda. So we're making a secondary gzeda not to eat the eggs. That's the Gemara, Kula Again, this was all instituted at the same time. It's all one Gzeda. Okay, let's just conclude the subject over here, where the Gemara explains the various different opinions. So we had over here four different Pshatim in the Mishnah. So the Gemara explains. Kula Kerav Nachman, Loyomri. All of the other opinions did not want to explain the Mishnah like Rav Nachman. Kikushan. That was our question before, that if the issue was Mukta, the Machleika shouldn't have been only regarding the egg, it should have been regarding the chicken itself. All the opinions did not agree to Rabbis Pshat on the Mishnah. They don't hold of this concept that there's an Iser to prepare on Yontif for Shabbos or from Shabbos to Yontif. This Pasuk of Ahoy, Yabiyem, Ashishi, Ve'echinu. They didn't dash in that Rasha. So they don't hold of this. Elo, Rav Yosef, my time alay omak Rav Yitzchak. Why didn't Rav Yosef interpret the Mishnah that the gzeda of the egg that's born on Yontif is like Rav Yitzchak said because of the mashkin that ooze out of fruits? Amalach, Rav Yosef answers you, uchla. An egg is food. Peris uchla. And Peris is also food. So therefore there's a comparison between them. There, there's a room to make a gzeda, that the person might confuse them. Lafuki mashkin, which is not the case when it comes to the, to the juice that oozes out of fruit, that's not fruit, that's not a food. So therefore there's no gzeda, there's no comparison between them. Rav Yitzchak, my time alayamak Rav Yosef. On the other hand, why didn't Rav Yitzchak say, like Rav Yosef's pshat, that the was from the eggs to the fruits? Amalach, Rav Yitzchak will tell you, there's more of a comparison from the eggs to the mashkin. Because Beitzah blua, the egg that's born, was inside the body of the chicken, and then it comes out. Umashkin bluen. And also the juice that oozes out of the fruits is inside the fruit, and it comes out. So therefore there's a comparison between them and a person might think that if the egg is mutter, the mashkin is mutter. La fukipedis, which is not the case when it comes to fruits, the megalo vekaimu. They're there, they're exposed, they're right there on the tree and therefore a person won't compare the egg to the, to the fruits that fall from the tree. So that's why each opinion had their own interpretation of what the gzeda was that Pishame was machmer here.